This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com. You can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my promo code RWPOD and sign up now. Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. It's more than $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. This is the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss. And as usual, I'm joined by Yahoo Sports Dalton Del Don, and you know I got stuff to talk to you about, Dalton. You know we're going to Vegas on. I'm going on Sunday. You're actually going Saturday, and you told me that you uh, bought tickets for the MMA fight, but apparently it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Not. I mean, it's one thing if I just spend a lot of money myself. That's fine. Whatever. I'll deal with it. It's very frustrating. But I talked Mark Stopa into it as well. And he's bringing his girlfriend, who neither of them care much about, about UFC. I said I'd go by myself, no problem, whatever. I went to Game 7 of the Warriors, you know, finals by myself because no one else wanted to spend that money. But he's like, no, 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 I'll do it. But he had no, in, no interest in the sport, and I talked him into spending a lot of money on pretty decent seats. And John Jones just got uh, removed from the card three days before. I love him, and he's had a lot of off-the-cage the troubles to begin with and some doping allegations now, and it's a loaded card still. It's by far the loaded, most loaded card ever, but the main event was just canceled uh, three days before we get there. Pretty brutal. Yeah, so how much was the ticket again? You said something on the XM show, but I want to let listeners for the podcast just understand how much you're spending for these tickets. Uh, it was equivalent to the Game 7 that I aforementioned. Uh, it, whatever. It's around. It's, it's in between $1,500 and $2,000. Okay, you don't want to say the exact amount. You think 1500 and 2000 is somehow more modest than saying that'll the exact amount? It, that'll narrow it down pretty, pretty, uh, pretty yeah. You get the idea. Okay. The idea. And then you also told me via email that uh, you're buying steak for a bunch of people on Saturday night, right? Yeah, I want to take uh, Stope and his girlfriend out uh, afterward, and I was going to say I'll probably take the Yahoo guys out too, and I'll, I'll, I'll go to – I really like this uh, Michael Minna's restaurant at, um, uh, called Strip Steak at Mandalay Bay. It's my, it's my favorite uh, restaurant there, and it's really good. And I, I feel like that's the least I can do because Stope also upped it to the, uh, the uh, auction in which we were there for, or at least I am. I know the Rotowire crew is there for another reason as well, but it's $11,000 he's, uh, he's putting up with no entry fee. So – and I'm having him spend all this money, and the main event is canceled. So, yeah, I'm going to go buy him dinner, maybe a couple Yahoo guys as well. But you are a coward as usual and won't be there. Well, before I, I would be there if I actually knew. But 
but you just told me this today. So, you know, I'm going to have to change my flight and uh, change my plans. But how much do you think that dinner is going to run? About 800 bucks? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I would, I would, probably 1000 bucks. I would think. Okay, so yeah. 1000 for dinner. Let's say 1800 for the ticket. That's 2800 Let's say 1800 for the finals game seven ticket. So now we're at what? We're at 4600 And yeah. then and then the game seven of the conference finals, was that about 1800 also? No, no, that was actually much less. That was actually much less. Okay, so now we're, you know, we're about 5500 5500 Yeah. Right? And then you lost, you lost 750 with me because we co-owned that terrible Hilton contest team. Right. So now you're in the 6000 range. And then uh, you lost quite a bit betting on football uh, on the, in the playoffs. So I think you're down about ten grand at least. Well, and, and let's not forget I hedged a lot on my Warriors uh, uh, with okay, the Thunder. Make it eleven grand. 11 yeah, I, grand. I, hedged, I hedged a lot on the Thunder, and stupidly I did not hedge on the Caps. <laughs> That's right. the best part. Um, but um, I, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not exactly, you know, I'm not making, you know, hand over fist money either with my my jobs either. So this is real money for me. But um, you know how I'm gonna how I'm going to make up for this. You're going to try to win the Stoba League. Yeah, I know. Well, that no, 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 no. I think uh, the best bet I've ever seen in my entire life is the Warriors minus 125 to win the title. I don't get it. I don't understand. So that you're going to what are you going to lay 12? Are you going to lay about 14,000 to break even now? Probably not that high, but yeah, yeah, around 10 G's or so. I don't understand that at all. I mean, they have Kevin Durant now. Why why are they not minus 400? Because That's would... it's it's against the field. Anything can happen. This isn't baseball or football. This is basketball. Okay, but I don't understand. But think about if, it. Last if, year, if last or year, got hurt, that'd still be favored. Who won the Who won the NBA championship last year? The uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. No, last year. I mean, the year before. The Warriors. And what happened in the finals? Who Who were they playing against? The Cavs. Yeah, but what players were healthy on the Cavs? Um, the Cavs lost Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. And I don't know if anyone else is hurt, but it's possible to lose multiple players. So that's like one thing that happens all the time in the NBA. Multiple guys go down on the same team. Then, well, yeah. obviously, if, if 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 Durant and Curry go down, then I lost the bet. Fine. Yes. Sure. Right. So, okay. and then secondly, it just takes one team to be out of its mind. Let's say the Spurs with Kawhi Leonard and Marcus Aldridge retool. And develop one other player. I mean, Kawhi Leonard kind of came out of nowhere, right? They, let's say de- they develop yeah, they have, one other. They have Pau Gasol now, too. Right. And now they have Gasol, and they develop some young guy who ends up being really good, like a really great defender or whatever. Right there, that could be a 40-60 series right there. Right? I mean, I guess And then you still got LeBron and Kyrie Irving and whatever, whoever they pick up or trade for or sign in the finals. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> they're 50 seconds away from – Beating them this year, and uh, they traded Harrison Barnes for Kevin Durant. I mean, I don't know. I understand why people are upset with him and the decision and all that, but come on, dude. This is the sickest team ever, ever. I mean, on paper it is. But just, you know, minus 125 against the field is just a crazy line for any pro sports team. I know basketball is the most – is obviously the most, you know, NFL or Major League Baseball. There's just no team you could – put together that would be minus 125 against the field. Right. Even if you could just, like, pick your players, they'd probably be, like, two to one or something. But in in the NBA, it's the easiest one, but still, anything weird happens and and you lose. I mean, it's it's just not – they do have some redundancy, right? I mean, if they lose – although if they lost Draymond, it would be a hell of an offensive team with Clay, a lot of shooters. But, you know, if they lost Draymond, I I think that would be a big – that would be a big problem for them. 
Yeah, no, I understand. And there's, by the way, I would never do this in any other sport. Let me be clear. No, even if you, if you, like you said, if you had me be able to pick the team myself, I wouldn't, I wouldn't right. do that. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, of course injuries. Uh, but man, Zaza Pachulia at the veterans minimum and David West at the absolute minimum. These guys are just ring chasers. This is awesome. Like this, this is what's really going to be frustrating for NBA fans, not just the Durant, but these other guys that willing to, you know, accept zero payment. To come over here, I mean, Pachulia is 32 years old. He's not 38. I mean, he averaged 9.9 rebounds in 27 minutes when he started last year. He's arguably better than – I love Bogut. I do. Don't get me wrong. And he's not the same rim protector. But he shoots like 76% from the lines off. I mean, these guys are just lining up to fill out this bench. And, and I don't know, man. It, this is this is insane, this roster. And, and, and quickly, uh, Stopa actually reached out to me, um, uh, un, you know, just completely out of nowhere and wanted to bet. He, he'll get the field. And that's the way I, I'm curious how much he's willing to go, how high he's willing to go, because that would benefit both of us. Because right, think just about eliminate the middleman. Yeah. So I would just get even odds. So if they don't win, doesn't matter who I pay my money to, and he gets every team. So it, it benefits both of us. Right, I agree 100 percent because you it's you can't really bet the field in Vegas, right? I mean, right. you couldn't right. take the other side of that bet, or if you did, it would be with a ridiculous rake. They wouldn't be giving you plus 125. They'd give you at best even money and probably. Make you lay 125. Exactly. So it benefits both of us. So I'm going to see how high he's willing to go. So like exactly, eliminate the, the, the middleman. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I like the field at uh, plus 125. Yeah. Well, like I said, I would make it even. I would think that would be fair yeah. for both. For both. But, so I saw a couple of tweets from you, and you were, what, you were kind of uh, giving Duran a hard time, no? Yeah. I mean, people can't really separate two concepts. One, one of them is – He's a free agent, dude. He can do whatever he wants. That is not in dispute, right? I am not saying at no point did I tweet, they need to undo this signing and make him go back to Oklahoma City. Like at no point did I tweet that. Of course he should be allowed to do whatever he wants. If he wants to quit the NBA and try out for a baseball team like Michael Jordan did, he he should definitely be allowed to do that. Absolutely. But if he did that, would it be wrong for me to say that's a really stupid thing to do? You're a top five NBA player at your pri- in your prime, and you're trying to play Major League Baseball. Now, Jordan, I, you know, there's rumors that it was because of some gambling stuff that he had to get out for two years. Who knows? The point is he can do whatever the hell he wants, and I'm not arguing otherwise. But I'm saying th- the right to do whatever you want is, also, is not also a right to not be criticized for doing it. So separate that out. You know, he's allowed to do what he wants to do, but I'm allowed to say how stupid it is. And the reason I think it's stupid, Durant wins this without overcoming Golden State – Without overcoming the Cavs when they lost in the finals to LeBron, or was it the Heat at that point? Is the Heat when they lost in the finals to LeBron yes. and the Heat? You know, then he'll get his ring, but it's just it's empty resume filler. You know, it's it's like okay, but it's just like ring chasing. It's like what Robert, you know, if you're Robert Ory or David West or one of these guys chasing a ring, that's fine. You're a role player. That's sure, that's sure. Fine. But if you're a superstar, you know, that's not how you need to get your ring. You need to get your ring. By team, you know, you need to have one other superstar, and he did. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so I, I get what you're saying completely, um, but and, and and everyone keeps retweeting his thing. In 2010, he made a tweet right. being like, "Everyone's going to LA and Miami now, and all that stuff." But is there not some sort of respect for accepting less money and caring more about winning? No. Okay. No. Okay. All right. No, I, I don't. Have, but first of all, it's not really less money because he's going to get paid. <laughs> No, no, it's less money. There's no. No, no it's not less money because when he gets when the new free agency comes out, he's going to max out. So in yeah, the end, he's going to get paid. With your own team, they can pay you more. I mean, it, it's it's less well, money. Would but they it's... sign him to a one or two year deal before the the salary cap goes up? 
Yes, but it, it's less money, but obviously it's it's still He's still going to get his paycheck when <laughs> when that time comes, okay? So it's not and plus I don't really care about that. You know, it's very simple. I don't know why everyone's being so they they think they're being contrarian. They they are being contrarian, but they're actually saying the mainstream thing, which is Come on, dude. He can do whatever he wants. Let him win a title. He cares about a title. But I think everybody who's played a sport or competed in something knows that it's not just about the number of titles or the number of points you scored. It's, it's how many you earn. It's like getting a triple-double, and you have nine rebounds, ten assists, and ten points, and you've got a breakaway layup, and you miss on purpose and, and rebound, your, then score to get your tenth rebound. Yeah, it's a triple-double on paper. It's a ring on paper, but it's not the same thing as those guys who earned it the the way that it's tough. And, you know, Malone and Stockton went their whole careers and they never made it. Ewing went his whole career. Reggie Miller went his whole career. They never made it because they couldn't get over the hump. The teams they were playing were too good. But that's noble. You know, you, you didn't make it, but you did everything you could. And Ewing didn't even have any help. You know, LeBron leaving for the Heat was a little weak because he joined this superstar team. But in his situation was so terrible and they were never going to get a high enough draft pick just with him there. And the GM was so bad they weren't rebuilding anything. He had to leave. But Durant is really the worst-case scenario where you had a team that was good enough to win it this year, had basically the, the best team of all time in the regular season beat, blew it, and then he quits and joins them. It's just weak. It's just not really what you'd think an all-time great competitive basketball player would want to do at his peak. Yeah, you know, I, I really won't argue with you as far as that 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 side of the, uh, you know, people thinking that about Durant. But as a Warrior fan, I think it's just awesome. And how, how crazy the confluence of events had to occur for this to happen. I mean, not only did they lay the groundwork when they were on Team USA in 2010, and I guess him and, and Iguodal and Curry did Bible study, and, and I guess Draymond Green all year was in his ear this season – um, if they if they don't come back down three to one to the the Thunder, if, if Clay Thompson doesn't go ape shit in Game Six, this doesn't happen. And um, it actually gives my own uh, peace of mind being at Game Seven. Um, there's no way he does it if the Warriors win back to back titles either. So that loss in Game Seven definitely opened the door for this. And uh, frankly, I would say I would rather the Warriors lose that game and have Durant for the next six years and build it. No, out. you wouldn't. You would have been arguably the greatest team of all time. Dude, they have a dynasty. They're going to be the greatest team of all time. We don't know that. We don't know that. They might be. We don't know. Of course, we don't know. But I mean, this is this is going to be the biggest. I don't know. You can't trade a title because the best they can do next year is a title, and it'll be a cheaper title. Bottom line, look, it's fine. If I understand your Warriors fan, it's like ill-gotten gains, right? It's like someone stole a bunch of money, stashed it at your house, and said, "You spend as much of this as you want," and you're not happy about the theft, but you're like, "Hey, I've got all this extra money." I, I understand. I think there needs to be some credit given to, like, the, the squad. I mean, Curry said, listen, I don't care if you outscore me next year. And if you win MVP, I'll be in front row rooting you on uh, in your ceremony. Like, I don't know how many stars. He won back-to-back MVPs, and he's telling this guy to come to his team to do that? I don't know. I think it's kind of a special group of people. And I've always liked Kevin Durant. And um, not only did this help the Warriors, by the way, but it killed the team that was their biggest threat in the West. Right, like which is rain. also bad for the competitive balance of the league. I'm, I'm going to root against the Warriors so much. Everyone's going to want to watch this. Don't tell me this isn't bad for the league. Don't tell me this is bad for the league. Uh, oh, there may be some great series. I, I think there is something to having a Goliath to slay. Like, they're already Goliath, but now they're like the ridiculous Goliath. And to see a team like the Spurs go and take him down and Popovich like, have right. the best coaching series of anybody's ever had in history and – just prepare for that team properly would be amazing. 
So I'm going to root for that to happen, and that will give people an interest. Definitely. Yeah, okay. I mean, and I, I don't care. I'm not, you know, my biggest thing isn't sort of it's bad for the game or whatever. It's more just like it's kind of a cowardly move by Durant. That's my and, bottom line. And I understand that. Um, it's really funny, though, man. I, um, I, I mean, Golden State, if you went back five years, ten years, twenty years, it's just hilarious that this franchise could get such a coveted, you know, since the LeBron James decision. I think you made a funny tweet, by the way, too. They should do a one-hour um, TV show event about this. But I literally was um, – was up. I woke up at 4 a.m. that that morning and stayed up and uh, was on Twitter just refreshing and uh, was on his Twitter and, and a new tweet came about and it said my next chapter and I clicked it and it took about 10 seconds to load and it was I was really into it man I've never really experienced that I guess Barry Bonds I was pretty young though for as a Giants fan when he decided to join there but I've never really experienced anything like that and it's just like. I don't know, man. The next five to six years of enjoyment, like, I don't He's know. not going to be there for five to six years, though. When, when the, isn't, isn't the salary cap going to get way bigger in, like, two years? And well, at that ne- point, yeah. Curry and him and Draymond and Clay, they, they can't all be on the same team. They absolutely can because the other, the other three are homegrown, so they're, they're, they're bird rights. So, I mean, yes, they're, they're going to keep those four, I promise. They can be kept. For, okay. All right. Maybe, maybe so. Well, let's move on from that. I'm sick okay. of that anyway. Fair enough. Okay. Fair uh, enough. A couple things. We have the Stopa League on Sunday, and I've talked about this on the XM show quite a bit, but it's a two-quarterback. Well, it's really a super flex where you can have a quarterback, but it ends up essentially being a two-quarterback league. You have to start two tight ends, two running backs, three receivers, and it's a pretty short bench, like five five or six bench spots. And we're talking strategy, and it's an interesting league because you can't – you know, the obvious strategy in any regular league is I'll just wait on quarterbacks, you know, load up on receivers and running backs, and then – you know, just take a quarterback in the 10th round, but it doesn't work. First of all, it's an auction, but second of all, it doesn't really work like that here. You know, a quarterback is scarce. People are going to draft three. Occasionally someone takes four or buys four and you do not want to be stuck with, you know, only one quarterback or one quarterback and a very marginal guy like Mark Sanchez. You want two legit starting quarterbacks. I think everybody would probably agree on that, right? That you just want two, even if your second quarterback is Joe Flacco, that's the bare minimum you want for your second quarterback. Yeah, and here's why it's especially crucial that it's a, an auction because, like, uh, uh, so much strategy comes into this, but you absolutely want your utility spot to be that uh, a, another quarterback. No question about that. But you never know when you're in a draft. Like, what if you're at the end of one spectrum and then they all go? That's very frustrating. Well, now it's all open for you to to bid in which, you, you know, all these middle-tier guys can come up at the beginning of the draft or, or the auction or at the end. So that's what's key to me is that it's an auction. So I love that. So you have the freedom of when you want to spend on them. But you absolutely need to target these two quarterbacks. I'm going to, and I'm probably going to, without giving away too much, Go after the guys I have ranked uh, in between 10 and 20. I'd say that tier for quarterbacks, I want two of them. Yeah, I think a lot of people want to do that. Like, that's kind of what I was hoping for, too, because they're so good, those guys. You know, the Jameis Winstons and Eli Mannings and Kirk Cousins and yep. Marcus Mariota, any one of those guys could be top 10. And even if they're 13th, that may just be barely out of the top 10 or 15th, maybe barely out of the top 10. Yep. And the difference between 15th and Seventh might just be that the fifteenth guy misses two games, and you pick up somebody to sub in while he's missing. It's not going to be a big difference, at least on paper. I mean, maybe in real life it'll be a huge difference. So I think everybody kind of wants that, and it may mean that those high-end Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck types are cheaper. That's a great point, right? I, I don't want to come in with just with, with 
some sort of uh, idea that I must do this. I'm going to be flexible and I'm going to try to be agnostic. But you're right. Sometimes I, I, I go in auctions thinking that. And if everyone has the same idea, you got to zig when they zag. I mean, that's totally true. Right. I would love like two $18 quarterbacks, right? But if everybody's bidding those guys to 20 and then since everyone's waiting on them, Andrew Luck's 27, right. maybe I go right. the extra seven bucks, you know, because why not? I'll get Andrew Luck and let you guys fight it out for Eli Manning for 20. Well, think about it. If it was a draft in which this same uh, roster construction, Andrew Luck would be a second-round pick, right? Yeah. I mean, but the thing is QBs are weird in this league. I think they're a little undervalued, but the flex makes them not quite as valuable as as if it were a straight-up two-QB league, and they're sort of undervalued on the wire. So whenever – I did sort of a – it wasn't a perfect setup, but I tried to, like, assign dollar values because we have a $200 auction budget. I tried to do some sort of rigorous – standard deviation based value above replacement calculation for what each guy was worth. And, I, and there, there's flaws in it. There's, there's some issues with it, but I had the QBs as way more than they were going for. And I knew it immediately. So I, I didn't pay, you know, I had Ryan Tannehill a couple years ago at 18 or 20 bucks and he was going to go for like eight bucks. And I knew that in advance. And so the question is, is the room wrong or are the numbers wrong? You know, and I kind of think for whatever reason, I don't know who's right or wrong, but I, but I, for whatever reason, those QBs like Flacco and Cutler are going to go for five or six or seven bucks. And so I think they, they earn like 13 or something like that, but they're going to go for five or six. And that kind of skews right. things. So, so the thing is, the room may be wrong, quote unquote, but that still changes your valuation, right? Even if they are wrong, that still changes how you should approach it. It's one of the most complex thing in creating dollar values for baseball, football, whatever, is that the market matters, right? So not only does there's like when you make your dollar values, you're basically saying, what are these guys going to earn? Okay. Stat wise. And what's the total pool of money that's going to pay for all the stats that are active over the course of a year, roughly. And then how do we divide up that, those stats by that money to figure out what each guy's worth. And that's sort of how you think of, you know, doing dollar values for players, but it, but you're not. But that doesn't include the fact that maybe nobody's paying anything for pitching, or maybe everybody's bidding up pitching like crazy, and you just can't not get those stats. So you've got to get involved in this bidding. And now the market is messing up your perfect sheet of values. Right. right? And, yeah. And I just there's think, no answer for that. There's just no answer really for that. No, you you just gotta. In football, maybe you can get away with it more. Let them bid up all the QBs. I'll just take Cutler and Flacco for five bucks each and just spend my money elsewhere. But Quarterbacks still score the most points, and if somebody's got, you know, Newton and Luck for, you know, 60 bucks, and those guys are putting up monster weeks every week, you know, yeah, you may have a great receiver, but, like, it's hard to keep up with those QBs when your QBs are scrubs. So it's not an easy solution. I I do think one thing is to get a couple scrubby QBs. The, the, The other problem is the QBs are pretty reliable. And so not only is do they score the most points, but they're the safest bet each week. And so your your consistency, which matters, let's say you're slightly above average team, but you're very consistent, you're going to probably win enough games to get in the playoffs. And let's say you could be a a well above average team, but you're very inconsistent. You may have a losing record and not make the playoffs. Yeah, no, I'm always, you know, Mr. Wait on quarterback, uh, preach it like crazy every single year. But this is totally different beast when you can when you can start two of them. It's just very, very different. Um, I'm curious if someone went after like Gronk and, and Jordan Reed or Greg Olson went after two of the tight ends. I'm waiting for someone to do that strategy because because you start two tight ends as well. Yeah, I, I will tell you straight up. I'm not I mean, I'll never say anything's locked because if the price is right, I'll jump in no matter what. But okay. I really don't think I'm going to spend 
on the top three tight ends. Those are the only really expensive ones, right? It's going to be Gronk, Olsen, and Reed. Yeah. And I yeah. just think there's 24 tight ends that I could have two of, you know, whether it's like I have Jason Witten in a half PPR and I have Antonio Gates. I mean, I'm not thrilled with that. Those guys are collectively 70 years old, but <laughs> I, can, I can roll with that and then pick up somebody during the year. I, I just think the tight ends after the top three – are so sort of equal. Like, you, can you really count on Zach Ertz or Ladarius Green or Kobe Fleener? Only week 16. Only week 16 for Ertz. Week 16, he's, he's money. Yeah, no, I, the problem is, can you keep, keep his carcass on your roster while you're waiting during the bye weeks? But, no, I mean, there's just so many guys in the middle like that that we don't really know if Dwayne Allen or Kobe Fleener or Ertz is going to have a good year. You know, we just really don't know. It's just once you get out of the top three, and so it's like I don't want to dive into that tier I want to just get somebody for five bucks, seven bucks. Now maybe there'll be something that jumps out at me, and I and I do it, but I'm not planning to spend big on a tight end. Agreed. Me too. I'm 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 going to do the same thing. The middle the middle tier. I, and I've talked about this with you on the XM show, but I've always liked to like spread the wealth in this league. And, and man, with the short bench, I'm over that. I'm going to have to. I'm going to buy some stars Sunday. I'm I'm going to buy a couple stars, and um, it's just it's just tough when you. I like the fact – I think it was the safest for me to be, like, in contention, but the upside it limited myself, and I couldn't add players that I that, that always you know, hurt. I think you still have upside when you get a spread-the-wealth team because there's just a lot of mid-level guys that break out, you know, or, like, guys who are third- and fourth-round picks that break out. I, I think you can still have upside, but I like stars and scrubs because I, I just don't think that – in this league, which is actually kind of shallow for running backs and receivers, it's a 12 team with a short bench and you only need two and three. I kind of think those one and $2 running backs and receivers are almost as likely to break out as the five and $6 ones. Yeah. And I want to load up on the backup running backs that, uh, you know, that could be top, you know, it's very different than the other sports. I mean, a backup running back could be a top 10 player immediately. If, if, the, if his starter went down, you know, I, I actually got Doug Martin for $1 in this league last year, but, um, should be fun. I'm, I'm really excited for it. it. It's super early. It's crazy how early it is, but it's just the way it works. It's the all-star break for baseball. It's when the road wire trip is so everyone can get together. Uh, an in-person auction with $11,000 on the line. It's, it's a, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, that, that, this is the best, this, this is the best league I'm in right here. This will be a lot of fun. Yeah, this and the main event in – well, it's not, there's no real main event for football, but the live NFFC, which I'm not going to do because I'm going to be in Europe unless ah. I get kicked out by then and then I'll be back. But Yeah, I won't even see you for a year after this. Uh, I'll see you, what, in three I, days and not, not again for a year. Yeah, and you don't go to Towers. I think I'm going to – I mean, my plan is to fly to New York in March because there's bo- – I can do the NFBC, which I actually like better than the NFFC because I just love that baseball the, – the setup they have for baseball. Sure. Um, and I can do that and Tout Wars the same, you know, it's like an eight-day span. So I can just spend eight days in like Germany or wherever we are in Europe to New York is a lot easier than Germany to L.A. But you're not going to be in New York, so I guess I won't see you. Oh, speaking of which, uh, not to totally go crazy off the subject here, but I, um, I drafted um, Brandon Funston's team in labor for AL. Yep. Uh, and, I, and I went and I looked just to see how he was doing. <laughs> and, and, am, I, am, I cra- am I crazy? Or do you have six points for offense? Uh, no, you're not crazy. Uh, that team is <laughs> – that team's. I sort of left it for dead. Like I didn't even – like, you know, labor, you don't really have to do a lot of moves. It's the ironically named labor because there's not right. a lot of labor involved. Yeah, I've got 33.5 total points. And I – yeah, my team's just bad. It's funny because I have Beltron, Chris Davis, Miguel Cabrera, but that's it. I mean, like everything else. Six I mean, points. I, What's the lowest it. you can have, five? 
I the lowest you get was five. Because <laughs> I well, I had Brantley, you know, who's still hasn't played. That's twenty bucks, and then um, I have Buxton. That was seventeen, and he's played, but you know, he's been down in the minors. Prince Fielder for twenty, which I thought was a great buy at the time, and then just a lot of like Eduardo Escobar, Tyler White. Bel- I, you know, I have Beltron. I don't know why it's that bad. Aaron Hicks has done nothing. It's been pretty brutal. Yeah, and what's happening to all the friends and family? What's going on there? I've also been slipping there, but I'm not worried about that. The labor is done. There's nothing I can do. The labor team is just it, – it doesn't matter what happens. Like I, I would like to get 50 points or 60 points just for uh, – to save face. If you finish really... six points offensively, that's got to be a record. I mean, I mean it's, it's pretty bad, yes. But I don't even have that bad of injuries either. I mean, I have bad injuries, but it's not, like, so bad. I've had worse injuries and, and done well before. Friends and family, I've slipped a little, but that's very short-lived. I mean, I've got three more homers, 11 runs, 10 ribbies today, and I left Grichuk on my bench because it was an early game and I didn't see it. And then uh, Rich Hill just got me 10 Ks and a win. So, you know, I, I, this, this team is loaded. I, I, I think the friends and family team, you're ahead right now. I'm, I'm low on innings. I think this team is, is dangerous. It's a good team. You know, I spent a, all $100 of my fab on Ryan Buchter or whatever his name is because I had, um, I, I had Fernando Rodney and – and uh, yeah, I already, I've already dropped him. Hundred <laughs> percent of mine. Yeah, but that fab is worthless. I spent it on. That, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this team—it's just really—it's weird that it slipped in the standings so much. But it's—I'm getting Brantley back soon. I got Grichuk, who's back up and playing every day. I'm getting Darvish back soon. I just got Hill back. I and you're way K-Rod. under the innings cap too, right? You're way under the innings. Way under the innings. But you know, my offense has been—I I left a bunch of production on the bench, not just the homer today, but. Maurer scored three runs and Buxton scored two on a day where I actually had guys out of the lineup that I should have put them in, but I just didn't, I wasn't there at lineup lock. And so that really, that really hurts. But I still think I'm going to get back in it. I, I just love the roster and I don't know. We'll see. You can, sometimes you love your roster and it's like August and you're in seventh place and you're like, well, I don't know. It's, I love this roster still, but it's not doing anything. Right, and I just lost Matt Harvey to the act whatever syndrome that he's done. Well, he's done. that actually helps you. <laughs> I lost Brandon Moss as well. That guy was killing it against righties, man. Frustrating. But uh, D. Gordon will come back from his suspension. Um, but, yeah, Harvey, I guess you're right. Yeah, maybe it will help me. But um, one other quick baseball note. Um, yep. I, I emailed you this, but um, pretty cool. Our League of Leagues team. I played base fantasy baseball for, I don't know, since uh, I don't at least 15 years, I'd say, at least. Maybe like 17. And um, uh, I've kept a mental note that I think my career high was seven homers in a day. And I've matched that multiple times. But I don't really remember ever reaching eight. And our League of Leagues team, it's a little bit bigger roster with two catchers, but one of them didn't play, hit nine homers two days ago, and in the morning games yesterday hit um, four right away. So I I emailed this. I think it was, what was it, 13 home runs over 58 at-bats we had. That is a record for me. Right. Well, that's what we needed, and that's why I got Stanton, and we just need Puig to start hitting. Yeah, he contributed four and five at-bats. That helped. Yeah, that does help. Um, Yeah, We just need to get fifth place. Fourth would be great, but if we can just get to fifth, that's good enough because um, we'll, then, you know, we'll win basketball again or take second or whatever. And then football, we can put together football, right, against these dudes. Yeah, it's pretty – I mean, I still will never endlessly give you shit for trading Lamar Miller and uh, Osuna, who's better. Osuna. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> awesome. that, was, that was – you know what? It's good that I did that because you now finally can get off the hook for – starting uh, Santana Moss over Matt Schaub in our QB flex in that uh, high-stakes league that we were sharing about 10 years ago. 
Yeah, I was going to say it's at least a decade ago, but yeah. One one interesting thing about this, and a, a lot of guys I could talk to you about that I've, I've picked up. Yeah, I just got I just got to let people know because we brought it up that okay. I asked you after you started Santana Moss, who had like three catches for thirty yards, and Matt Schaub at three hundred fifty yards and four touchdowns, and you and you benched him for Santana Moss and the Superflex. I said. What number receiver would Matt Schaub rank if he qualified at receiver, yet was able to play QB? And what was your answer? Number one. <laughs> number one. So you sat the number one receiver, essentially, uh, against, you know, and by far the number one receiver, because he was a quarterback, again, for a guy who's maybe like the 25th best receiver. Yeah. Well, again, a decade ago, but I like how, I like how you turned this again. No, I just, I just say my trade, and I, will, I was Lamar Miller, in, where football players are way more valuable. And Ozuna, who I threw in, is way better than Puig for Puig and Wellington Castillo. So now we're even, and now you can finally – this is the last time I'll ever bring that up. At least Castillo is pretty good. I picked up C.J. Cron, who's he's been doing well. Tim Anderson at a shortstop, not the greatest OBP guy. One thing I will say, we're only in ninth right now in baseball, but Jonah Carey's in seventh. That is actually bigger than if we were pass in fifth. Jonah. you got to pass him. I mean, I don't want to hear about this ninth bullshit. No, I well, – Get on this shit. I'm, I'm absolutely on it. We're, we're doing what we were expected in, in pitching. Okay, first, we'll get first, on the first. hitting then. Yeah, uh, I'm trying, man. You're saddling me with your terrible trades. But well, we'll, that was a bad trade, but Puig's going to start hitting. Just beat Jonah. I mean, if we get – if Jonah's seventh and we're fifth, that's great. But he's going to – you know he's going to go crazy down the stretch to do whatever he can, so you got to get active. Absolutely. You're right. I just would be happy if we just, you know, within striking distance of him. No, just, no, 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 no. We're going to beat him. Just – yeah. Be a man I'm and do baseball it. Because our basketball team's loaded and we'll be fine. For That's football. what I mean. All you got to do is beat Jonah in baseball and we got this thing. All right. Okay. Well, and, and unfortunately, um, Cousin Sal's in second. So, right. Yeah. He's going to get back involved. That's why you need to get fifth. That's what, you know, right. just get right. fifth. That's all I'm asking. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm, 14 I'm teams. At least five have totally thrown it in. Maybe seven. I'm just yeah, I'll look for some trades. I'm pretty, I'm pretty bad at trying to offer trades. I'll look at it. I definitely have a lineup going every every week. You know, I, I do that in the pickups, but I'll try to get on more. Yeah, on just more. be aggressive about it. Yeah, we'll do. Or I'll look at it, but I'm moving and shit. I got too much on my plate. Well, I don't want you in, in, in any way involved. In, so. <laughs> I'm the, my trade privileges are now revoked. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. All right. What else, Liz? What else is going on? Well, uh, that was really it. Um, I wanted to establish how much money you were spending. I was going to talk about some positions, but we kind of covered it. I, you know, basically, t- to me, the tight ends are all the same after the big three. So don't bother with the tight end if you don't get one of those. And I just feel tight end is like catcher. You see how people who invested in catchers this year got burned. I'm not going to invest in Gronk or, or Reed in the third round in the draft. I would maybe take in a PPR, but I'm not paying like big bucks for him. I take Gronk in the back end of the first round. You wouldn't? No. I oh, would. really? Hmm. I would. I'd no, take Gronk especially in PPR, I would not. Okay, I would. How many I passes would. do you think Gronk caught last year? Mm, Just off 80. the top of your head. 80. 72. Okay, all right. I mean, think about that for your first-round pick, right? I mean, you got Antonio Brown catching 136. Yeah, well, yeah, PPR, yeah. Well, yeah, I'd say back into the first round, I'd say, and he's tight end. But Half PPR but, is closer. Non-PPR, I think you have a better, better case for Gronk. But I'm, I'm with you other than that. I, I personally would take Gronk at the back end of the first round. But other than that, then I would totally wait. I mean, who? what's the difference between Barnage, Kelsey? I mean, people will love Fleener. And you yeah, said – who knows? Or, I, nobody knows who's going to be good among those guys. Eifert? Just, I mean, Eifert? I mean, where do you even rank him? I don't even have him in my top ten with yeah, the injury. Jimmy Graham? Right? I mean, what do you do with him? 
Yeah, right, exactly. So I'm, I'm with you there. Jimmy Graham's the kind of guy I'd like for like three bucks, you know, in the auction. I don't even actually even want him for three bucks, but it'd be the guy that you're like, eh, I was stuck, so I took Graham for three bucks, and maybe he'll be good. I mean, he, he was, was terrible even before he suffered such a serious injury. I, I have him ranked right now um, number 19th on my tight end board. I think I have him like 12, but we'll see. I mean, if he's coming back, you know, they may remember Seattle didn't start throwing the ball until the second half when he was already out. So yeah. Seattle was a run first team. Right. And then they started opening up the offense, and they started winning games, and they got all the way to the championship game. They got to a slow start, but they really did well when they finally let Wilson just open it up. And if they think, well, you know what, just because we have a good defense doesn't mean we have to play this you know, Denver Broncos 2015 type of offense. You know, If our offense is good, why not do both? Right? Why not be like the Patriots and just light teams up by 40? You know, why, why even let them in the game? And so if yeah. they do that, if they build on that, you know, maybe Graham – is a factor. I thought they were the best team in football last year in the playoffs. Oh, I they, 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 they probably would have won the Super Bowl. Well, Denver would have been tough with that defense. Having an all-time defense is tough. That would have been a good game, that rematch. Yeah. That uh, was just Denver. a weird first half against the Panthers, man. Yeah, that was, just, it was so, one of those, like, it's so weird how it it doesn't happen all the time. It happens some of the time where that West Coast team flies east, 10 a.m. body clock game, yeah. doesn't show up for 20 minutes, gets way down, and it's too little too late. And yeah, like a pick six. I mean, come on, man. That was just so – The Niners, was, as you well remember, did it against the Falcons that one year, right? Yeah, yep. NFC Championship game. Right. And yep. they did finally pull it out. But it was – you know, it was they, – they, you know, they should have killed that team. But it was just – they didn't show up for half. The funny thing was the week before that the Seahawks did the same exact thing against them. They, they got down in, in Atlanta. I mean, it was – it's, it's uh, right. The Seahawks it's, didn't make it out, right? Is that what happened? Right. And then the Niners did barely make it back. Exactly. Exactly. But that happens sometimes. But then other times you're like, oh, I'm going to bet the East Coast team. They're going to roll because body clock time. And then the West Coast team just crushes them. And you're like, what happened to the body clock time thing? Right, exactly. Yeah. Russell Wilson, uh, by the way, got uh, married uh, yesterday, I believe. Oh. So he, um, uh, he Sierra, sex now? he's finally getting laid. Yes, exactly. Okay, good for him. It's about yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. All right. But I'm with you, though, as far as the tight end, just in general. I'm totally just – I'll take whomever, uh, that that whatever middle-tier group. They're still bunched together. I mean, Eric Ebron might go crazy without um, yeah. Calvin Johnson. Like, who knows? Whatever. I like Dwayne Allen and the, the Colts now without Kobe Fleener. Obviously, everyone loves Fleener now in the Saints. Like, they're right. – Zach Miller. Jared the Cook. Bench. What about Jared Cook? What, I mean, he's got Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. What about Martellus Bennett on the Pats? Yeah. I mean, nah, he's true. probably going to end up killing somebody. I don't trust that. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So here's the other position that I'm really kind of agnostic about is running back. Like people are like, oh, Lamar Miller is going to be awesome on the Texans or David Johnson or whatever. I don't have strong feelings about any running back. Actually, there's one that I like, but I can't tell you. I can't tell you until Sunday. But otherwise, I just don't have strong feelings about any running backs. It's just – I, it just it just depends how it goes. It's to me every running back. It's like could Lamar Miller be a top three running back or the top? Sure he could. Could he be a total bust? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, with receivers, like I just feel like receivers. There's the ones that you're almost positive are going to be good if they're healthy, and there's the ones that you totally see the upside, and you're not exactly sure how the passing game is going to shake out, but you feel very strongly about their skills. Running backs, I don't have any strong feelings. I could just see them, any of them go either way. Totally, thousand percent agree. Uh, I will n- never draft Peterson at this stage of his career. Le'Veon Bell could be the best player in fantasy, but who knows? Coming off right. a serious who injury, knows? 
and Roethlisberger gets hurt himself. Todd Gurley, I love, but I mean, he's on the Rams. I mean, he doesn't catch the ball much either. David Johnson could be a monster, but he's also just seems like too good to be true in a way. Like it's like I don't know. I've always, been, you really going to make him the number one overall pick with that lack of track record? I don't know. He could be awesome. Right. Too, well, but. Chris Johnson may get carries. Andre Ellington. They don't. It's weird over there. They didn't use David Johnson until like week twelve. And if he fumbles once, you know, maybe they start, oh, no, Chris Johnson is more reliable. You know, they, right. coaches do stuff like that. Speaking of lack, lack of track record, though, I'm, I'm just going to say it here. I'll just say it. Um, I think Ezekiel Elliott, I might put number one on my, um, on my running <laughs> I mean, who knows, man? You know, remember Trent Richardson's rookie year? Everyone thought he was going to be so good. And yeah. he wasn't in nearly as good a situation, but still. He's a, yeah, look at that offensive line. Yeah. And if, but, uh, I mean. His collarbone in week two, but. But Melvin still, Gordon I mean, <laughs> was a first-round pick. No, Sean Moreno was a first-round pick. Yep, yep. I mean, yep. And, and these were not, you know, No, Sean Moreno was like 12th overall. Melvin Gordon was something like 17th. I mean, these were not 31st. And Trent Richardson was third. You never know, man. I, I, I suppose he'll be good, but I'm not taking him first. I don't trust any of the running backs. I just don't. I, totally. I, I agree. I, I, it's I'm not, not that, even a zero running back guy, but I hear you totally. Like, what, yes, I don't have, I, it's not that I don't I, – I know that some of them will be good. I just don't know which ones. And, and whenever I hear people on XM or on the radio or I read something on Twitter like, Lamar Miller's going to blow up this year and all this stuff, and they make this argument, I think, yeah, he might. <laughs> I just don't – I'm not buying it. I don't, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying, why do you feel strongly about this? I, why, how could you? I totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, people love Carlos Hyde. I'm a Niners fan, and I think he's going to be way overdrafted. I mean, that offensive line is terrible. That offense will never be in the red zone. I mean, well, think. Look at Eddie Lacy go either way, right? I mean, it looks like he's in shape. He's in good offense, but is this offense really going to be as good as it was two years ago? And if he fumbles or does something wrong, is Mike McCarthy just totally threw him in the doghouse? Can you trust Mike McCarthy to stick with him if he struggles? So there's there's that. And then you look at guys like LaShawn McCoy. Is he going to be healthy? You know, he, last year was kind of a washed-out year. He's getting older. He's got some mileage on him. Jamal Charles, second ACL return. Can we trust him? I mean, every single one of them is it could totally go either way. There, there's not one. Gurley's probably, in my mind, the safest one. And you, as you said, he's on a terrible team. Yeah, and Devontae Freeman was awesome last year, but he was terrible in the second half. I mean, who knows? I, mean, I, actually, they, I actually like him. I mean, I, I don't want to give away too much, but I actually think he's reasonably safe. Interesting, because I like him more than most people's ranks as well. Too. Too. I, I think he's good for 250 and 60 if he's healthy, no problem. I totally agree, and he catches the ball so much. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's where the 60 comes from, 250 yeah. and 60. And it's not like he's – I mean, Coleman's not going to take away goal line carries. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on, on him. But, yeah, a lot of question marks. I mean, C.J. Anderson, who, who else with him? And Mark Ingram is going to be drafted as a top yeah, 12. All those guys. Every one of them. I mean, they all could be great. Mark Ingram, if he stays healthy, if I knew Mark Ingram was going to play, was going to get 270 carries, he might be like my number one back. But who the hell knows of that guy? He never stays healthy. And C.J. Anderson, same thing. They're all – every one of them is like that. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we could – Thomas Rawls, I, I want to have <laughs> right. him as a top five guy. But who knows with his broken ankle. Matt Jones could be a monster on, on Washington as the main guy. Uh, a Jahi in, uh, in in Miami. I don't know. Yeah. So many question marks. Yeah. I'm with you. It's just so many flyers. Marco Murray, Ryan Matthews. Yeah. They're just like all of them. That any of them could be great. What if Langford is the guy in the Bears? Everyone right. hates his under the hood stats, but what if he what if he is the guy there? I mean, I don't know. It's, do you it, trust yeah. Doug Martin? I mean, that's another one. I do not. I do not. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I bet just because it's like this, the running backs will, will 
the ADP will be super accurate predicting the running backs this year because it was so bad last year. But yeah, and then so the receivers are the ones where I have players that I actually like. You know, with the receivers, and we'll talk about it after the auction, is where I feel like there's like 12 guys that I think I want to get investments in. And obviously it's going to depend on who else is bidding on them. But I feel strongly about receivers. You know, obviously there's no guarantee, but I think this dude is going to bust out. This guy's going to have a great year. And, or he could have a really good year relative to his value. It's worth the risk. And that's not just because you write the receiver's position for the magazine? Uh, it might be. I mean, you know, I've, I've done more research on the receivers, but I don't think it is. I think it's the nature of the position that it's a more skill-based position. Because you're not – with a running back, you're sort of buying the whole team. You're not really buying the player. You're buying the whole offense. Whereas a receiver, you're, you're buying that player, and just his quarterback just has to be adequate. Right, Calvin Johnson was one of the greatest receivers of all time with just a barely adequate quarterback. You know, Brandon Marshall put up huge numbers with Jay Cutler or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Those guys are adequate. You don't need great with a receiver. No, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, receivers is where I would target early in drafts this year. And there's so many, as you said too, there are guys I feel confident like he's going to break out. You right. know, this guy is going. To, this guy is going. You know, what a situation. Uh, I, I don't want to say too much, but no, we'll, we'll talk. And we're all going to be bidding for the same guys because it's so goddamn obvious. <laughs> There's one it's, guy I think is going to go ape shit who I really want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know. You, I, I think I know. Well, who knows? There's, there's a few guys. I really listed about 10 or 12 guys that I'm like, I need three of these guys. And right. we'll, we'll see. And I'm going to bid on everybody so nobody knows. Right. I'll bid on. Right. I'll tell you right now, I don't like Julio Jones. You don't either. But I'm going to. I'll say Julio Jones 40. And let people. I like, you know, like, Jones. I like Julio Jones. I like him. Oh, you do like him? Yeah, we have him in League of League. He's awesome. What's wrong with him? He, well, he doesn't score touchdowns. He's been like 400 targets, and he's had 14 touchdowns over the four. Yeah, years. I know. And everyone says that should regress, but at some point, it's just right. fact. And then I two, guess. he's always limping around. I was Pianowski. He doesn't love Julio Jones. He's always limping around after every catch, getting hit. Didn't so he have like the time. second most receiving yards ever or something last year? Yeah, as we said, it's a week, it was a week second most ever. Okay, right. but he, but you know, he also had tied for the second most catches ever too. But he's always limping around. He's just—I don't know. I just—he's a little bit past his peak. You know, he's—he's he's got some mileage on him. He's had some foot injuries. I just don't want to pay. I mean, again, when I say I don't like him, I'd be really in a pickle with the third overall pick if Beckham right. and Brown were off the board. And so I don't like Beckham much. I don't think he's very good at football. Yeah, Beckham. I, well, I don't. Then you should don't. not bid on him then. Let, yeah, I was going to say, don't worry about that. I won't bid on him at all. I don't think he's yeah, worth Kevin Payne will. Kevin Payne outbid me on Beckham last year. It was annoying. Yeah. No, he's the man. I, I might go big on him. Yeah. He's really spearheading the Giants offense, don't you think? Yeah, he is. I do. I do think that. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm writing up the snarky 150, and that's going to be his comment. Nice. Nice. All right, so I don't know. We'll just take a few minutes on politics. It takes me so long to edit these podcasts, so I don't want okay, to. Okay, get... I have a question then. You can go, you can talk, uh, pontificate all you want. Um, and I don't want to bring up too much controversial stuff, but what are your thoughts on the, this, you know, the Alton Sterling uh, the shooting? I mean, it's horrible. Actually, you know, Andre wrote something. It's, he started, we, we started like a basketball blog for him. It's the Hoops Lab. It's on his own little blog that we built. And he was going to write some, you know, okay, here's the Durant deal and what it means. And, you know, do all the advanced stats with it. And instead he just wrote about um, the two guys who were murdered by the police. And, you know, Andre's black and he, I mean, he's at risk. Like, I mean, if, if he got pulled over and moved his hand too fast, I mean, he, he writes about it, that it's like terrifying for him. And he's just probably the best person to explain it. I would, I would highly recommend people check it out. It's, it's the Hoops Lab. If you just Google Hoops Lab uh, Rotowire, it'll probably come up or Hoops Lab Andre Snellings. 
I don't have the, it's probably like hoopslab.rotowire.com or something, but um, just Google it. Uh, it's, it's a really good read. And uh, I tweeted it out so you can check it out my Twitter timeline. But yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, horrible indeed. I, I, I have no answer myself. I, do, I don't, I mean, everyone comes out with all these, you know, his past transgressions and all that. And, and the video footage is, is kind of tough to decipher exactly what happened. But yeah, just, just brutal, man. No, I mean, but, it's, it's, no, but the other guy got killed in Minnesota that was just like an innocent worker at a school that was very well liked by everybody at the school. Right. Right. And it's, you know, I mean, it's just, they're, they're just murdering people. And it's, it's horrible if a citizen murders another citizen, but if the police murders a citizen, that's like so much worse. That means it's your own country, your own government is killing you. I mean, that, how terrifying is that? If your government's doing that, they have so much more power than you do. I, I think like the whole department should be punished. I mean, I think that the I think the governor needs to like get resign. I mean, I think it should go all the way up to the top if this happens on your watch. And as soon as powerful people got called to account, I think it would change. But as we can see. Powerful well, people that, do not get called to account for their transgressions, and it's innocent and vulnerable people who do not only get called to account, they get murdered for doing nothing wrong. I believe that has happened recently all the way to the top. Someone had to resign while you know being on, on watch of, of, of these type of incidents. But, yeah, yeah this, it's, it's crazy, man. And, and it's interesting to me that all this stuff is on, you know, has footage now. This was never obviously the right. case you know, the past, in the past, and now people can actually watch it. And, um, you know, uh, the, the, the general public will police it. It's 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 um, I don't know. It's it's very interesting and, and, and sad and, 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 and terrible. Here's how fucked up it is. Do you think that this is only going on the last five years since we've been seeing the videos? Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Imagine, like like 10 years ago, if you had asked me, I would have been because I'm a white person that doesn't this stuff doesn't happen to me. I would have been like, yeah, I'm sure this happens now and then. There's a few bad apples. But for the most part, you know, there's a little bit of racism, but it's they try to be fair. I would have had no idea totally that it was this blatant and flagrant. They're just being murdered. And this is not, this is not just happening in the last five years. We just know about it in the last exactly. five years. Can you imagine and, what we haven't seen? <laughs> Can you, what, I mean, what we haven't seen. And also just like the amount of people that like were complaining about this because they knew in their community and people are like thinking they were exaggerating when in fact, right. they, you know, if anything, they were not even, they probably didn't know because there was not social media. They knew what happened in their own communities, but did they know it was a nationwide Maybe they did, but man, I mean, it's, it's really, and I have no confidence in our government to solve this. There needs to be like radical reform. And I just don't, I look at who's running for president. I don't think there's going to be radical reform. Right. So the next uh, obvious question to you is uh, your thoughts on the whole, um, you know, not uh, charging Hillary. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like James Comey came out and said the elements of the crime were X, Y, and Z. She did X, Y, and Z, but we're not going to charge her. That's what it sounded like he said. He also said there was no direct evidence of a hack, but experts, and he alluded that whoever hacked would probably leave no trace. And so that whole theory I said before, which is like somebody's got the goods on her, is incredibly plausible now. They, I mean, the FBI and New York Times, they did a story. They said there is a very good likelihood that she was hacked because it was a weak setup and it was a very desirable target. And that's extremely disturbing that somebody has some dirt like that. The other thing I read, um, which was just obviously a conspiracy thing, but but there's a more plausible explanation is someone was suggesting, you know, was, was Trump a plant by the Clintons? And in, in 2012, there's a video of Trump saying how much he likes the Clintons, both Hillary and Bill, and how much he respects them. And, you know, it, I mean, Trump, it, it's like this whole James Comey thing comes out, right? She gets acquitted, obviously, or she gets not, not even acquitted because she wasn't even in a trial. She gets not even indicted. 
But it was so damning, all the lies. You know, she said there was no classified information. There was. She said she had permission. She didn't. It's likely she was hacked and somebody has that information. And you'd think that Trump or whoever the nominee was going against her would seize on that and be like, look at this person. This is really dangerous and irresponsible. And she's running as like the adult in the room. This is really damning. Instead, he retweets some anti-Semitic image from a white supremacist website. Like that's how he responds to that. So that dominates the story. I don't think this dude is serious. Like he's not like seriously running a campaign. And so, you know, the question was, is he like a plant? Is he just kind of in there to just totally tank and let them win? I think that's far-fetched, but what's that's far-fetched. Come on. Well, he's I mean, he's, I mean, what is he doing? I mean, that's just like so dumb. And then it's not like he's just not doing a good job. He is just inept, but the more likely scenario I think is that, He's just in this for his brand, right? And people suggested this. He just – he runs because it gives him a lot of free advertising. The Trump brand is huge. gets a lot – he's like one of the most famous people in the world now. I mean even more famous than he's ever been. Right. And he just wants yeah. – and he, so he gets in this like toe-to-toe with these morons and these total you know, freaks like Ted Cruz. He starts winning. And he starts getting competitive and he starts. I don't like, think win- he, he, you think he actually really thought he, he was going to be the Republican nominee. I don't think he no. did. I think-, I think he was doing it. I mean, I think there's a possibility. I don't know this, that, that he was doing it for the brand advancement and that it's, he started winning and he was like, holy crap, I'm kicking these guys asses. And this is right. even better for the brand. And so we just kept laying it on because it was working all told he, he wins this thing over some very weak opposition and now he's like, holy shit, like now I'm in the real, now I'm in the real game. And he doesn't know what the hell he's doing and doesn't, he doesn't want to run the country and have that job and it, all this worldwide things that a president has to deal with. And now he's just like, doesn't even want to win. He just wants to like get the hell out. Now, I think at this point, he definitely wants to win. Well, maybe he Come wants on. to win. There, people were suggesting like, well, so they asked him like, is there a chance like you would win and not serve? Or, and he's like, we'll see. He said some crazy, he didn't say like, of course not. His behavior is so bizarre at this point. Yeah. So, so um, just to, in summation, your boy Bernie's going to uh, endorse Hillary, it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to – he got one concession, which is good. I mean this is kind of how politics works. It doesn't matter if it's Bernie or Hillary per se. It matters what the policies are. And so he, she did say she's going to make college free for people making less than 125 grand, but – or have less than that much net worth or whatever the standard is, but they have to work while they're doing it. There's a bunch of catches in there, but it's something. And so as she starts to adopt a few of his positions, I think he'd probably just endorse her once she like does enough to be like, okay, you're doing enough. Right. Right. So uh, it, it's suffice it to say that you're disappointed as far as the, the, they looked at all the, uh, the email scandal and just said, nah, nah, we're good. It, put it this way. It is a virtual certainty that if she were some low-level CIA employee who did the exact same thing with the classified information, especially if it was likely that it was hacked, go to jail. They sent so many of these people to jail, the Obama administration, over the last eight years for, like, minor um, leaks and minor infractions of this kind. And so it's, it's just – there's just two tiers of justice. I mean there's the powerful and the not powerful, and that's just – you know, they make up justifications and explanations for it, but on, on this fact pattern – it was basically Comey laid the groundwork for an indictment and then suddenly said, without any explanation, no reasonable prosecutor would indict here. That was his conclusion when the facts all pointed in the other direction. And then, of course, you have the attorney general who met with Bill Clinton and chatted him up, sign off on it. And whether that was dirty or that was just bad form or bad optics, I read something that said the Clintons could not make it look like a conspiracy any more than they did.
by right. having him on the right. plane and then having the, the FBI director sum up all the things she did and then just suddenly say, but I'm not going to indict. And then the attorney general to talk to her husband sign off. And I mean, even if it were legit, which I, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's just it's not a specific conspiracy. It's a general conspiracy of powerful but people getting elected. But they could make it look worse. They couldn't even, if they tried. They, they could couldn't. not have made it look worse. Absolutely. Right. right. All right, man. I'm, All right. I'm, I'm done. Looking forward to seeing you in, uh, in, in Las Vegas exactly. in, a, in a few days. And I'm going to dominate you in this auction. And um, you, you, we should give you a handicap. We should let you start with like $230. The rest of yeah. us 200 because yeah. you need it. Well, you better win because you're, you're already in the whole eleven grand over the years. So... <laughs> You're just trying to get back to even. I'm actually trying to win some money. That's the difference between you and me. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Yeah, that's for sure. And now I got to and, and the money that I spent on this MMA card ah. with no John Jones. What a uh, waste. Uh, MMA is a joke. If, if there's no Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon doing a flying karate kick in someone's face, I'm not interested. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's the martial arts, of- man. That's when you grow up and you're like, that's martial arts, not this ground and pound bullshit. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're also missing out on this delicious steak dinner, too. Yeah, I don't want to be around for that shit show. <laughs> It'll be less of a shit show with you not there, but okay, fair enough. All right, man, I'll see you Sunday. It's win-win. All right, man, take it easy. We'll, we'll, All right, we'll talk next All week, right. and it's going to be a couple weeks when I make the trip. All right, sounds All right. good. Later. Later, man. This podcast was brought to you by FanDuel.com. You can click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner. Use my code RWPOD and sign up now. Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. It's more than $60 in value for just $25. Bucks. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD. Fanduel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today.